The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. It is the Anton Savage Show with you through until 11 o'clock. We're joined this morning by the Minister for uh, Social Protection, uh, Heather Humphreys. Good morning, Minister. Good morning, uh, Anton. You're very welcome on the programme. There's, there's a lot that we want to talk to you about. Obviously, there is the issues around cost of living and uh, issues pertaining to remote working. But first, uh, I wanted to raise with you that issue um, of the, the letter that was sent by your department to uh, Tracy McGuinness. Now, if in case you missed it earlier on, this is a, a woman who's uh, she had been a carer for her um, disabled son. He passed away at the age of 17 and a half and a number of days after he passed away she received a letter that said Dear Ms McGuinness on behalf of the department I wish to offer my sincere sympathies on your recent bereavement. It has come to our attention that Mr McGuinness died on the date in question and uh, that it's uh, paraphrasing you received payments or sought payment for disability allowance the day after. This money needs to be refunded. You can pay by cheque, bank draft and so on and so forth. It seems an extraordinary thing to write to a bereaved mother. Well, can I just say that uh, this shouldn't have happened and how anybody thought it was appropriate to send a letter to a grieving mother is beyond me. And uh, I have spoken to my officials about it. Uh, They're going to look at how they handle cases like this in the future. But for somebody to receive a letter uh, like that a few weeks after their son died is, is tone deaf. Uh, we have to do better and we have to ensure it doesn't happen again. And all I can do is apologise. Can I just say, though, that Department of Social Protection is a compassionate department. Uh, I've seen that from the work uh, during the pandemic and the staff went way beyond the call of duty on many, many occasions to make sure that people got their payments. But uh, we got it wrong here and we have to hold our hands up and we have to accept that. And can I just extend my deepest sympathy to Tracy? on the loss of her dear son, Brendan, and my heart goes out to her. But can I ask, Minister, what flexibility does a civil servant in that situation have? Because a frontline civil servant cannot decide to say, well, we will forego seeking this money back because it's not for them to make the choice about what bills you, you or what money is recoupable or what isn't. Well, you know, we do need to look at how we deal with cases of bereavement like this. Uh, and there has to be common sense. And if I have to make changes, I will, because no mother should have to receive a letter like that. Will she have to pay back the money? Well, as far as I'm concerned, this is about uh, common sense and compassion. And uh, no, she won't have to repay the money. Let's move on to the uh, other issues this morning, Minister. Cost of living being a, a significant one uh, and obviously one that lands squarely in your lap. The, the Minister uh, for uh, Finance is being quoted as saying that there won't be a focus on the cost of living in the budget. Why not? Well, can I just say that uh, I'm deeply conscious of the impact the cost of living and inflation is having on people. I'm, I'm listening to people every day and I hear them saying to me that the cost of groceries has, has gone up uh, when they do their weekly shopping. The cost of filling uh, the tank with petrol or, or diesel is, is gone up as well uh, for the, you know, when they're travelling to work. Uh, but uh, can I just say that government uh, has cut the excise on diesel uh, and uh, on petrol. We have cut the VAT on electricity and gas. There has been a 20% reduction in public transport uh, fares and the cost of them. And two lump sum uh, payments were recently uh, made, uh, totalling uh, €225 to those in receipt of fuel allowance. And there's been changes to the work and family payments so that more people would qualify. So government uh, have done a a lot, 
But, uh, of course, there are limits and constraints on what we can do. But the big focus now as part of Budget 2023, only a few, and it's only a few months away now until that, there will be a strategic package of measures in that budget to support people with the cost of living. Uh, and uh, Such as? So, well, there's... Well, now, I can't tell you all the contents of the budget. No, but you can give us a ballpark of what's being considered. Yeah, well, as far as my uh, department is concerned, uh, we'll have to look at uh, at social welfare and uh, I will work across uh, government and across my, with my government colleagues uh, to, you know, to see uh, what I can do because my focus will be on supporting those people on social welfare. But that doesn't sound, Minister, with the greatest respect, like there is any clarity as to what the options are that are being considered. Working with other departments isn't a specific. No, well, I have to work with the Minister for Finance and the Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform. But what would you like to see implemented? Yeah, well, I'm not going to start speculating about the budget now, to be quite honest with you. Uh, But what I can say to you is, the government has never been found wanting when it came to supporting people. You saw uh, what uh, supports were were were, um, were provided during the pandemic on employment payment, and both to both to people, uh, to, to employees, and to employers. So uh, we will work uh, together, and we will come up with a strategic package package of measures uh, that will help people with the cost of living, and we'll do that uh, through budget 2023. You, you say that the uh, government hasn't been found wanting. There's stories today suggesting that the government hasn't delivered in terms of the uh, supports for fuel prices that were intended. Yeah, well, I only seen those reports uh, this morning, uh, just before I came on air, so I'm really not all over the detail of that. But uh, at, a, at a basic level, if, th- if this is something government committed to doing, then we need to do it. Uh, and I'm not sure what the delay is, but I'm sure Minister Ryan will clarify uh, what the position is on that. The other thing that we wanted to speak to you about this morning, Minister, is your plans for remote working and the remote working hubs around the country. For people unfamiliar, this is going to be a system whereby the state gives a voucher system for people to work not in their office, not in their home, but in a third location. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, just to say or to to put some background to it, uh, what we have been doing through our rural future, which is uh, the government strategy uh, for rural Ireland and to breathe new life back into rural Ireland, uh, as part of that, uh, we have been developing uh, a a hub infrastructure. So there's loads of old buildings across the country that have been converted into remote working hubs. So uh, what I want to do now is create an awareness uh, about using these hubs So I launched the voucher scheme this week and it's something uh, that I wanted people uh, to to avail of, to let them get a taster, to go in and get three uh, free days in a remote working hub. So get a taste of what it's like to to go into into one of these hubs and I'm absolutely convinced that when they go in there they'll see that these are top class facilities much better than working from home from the kitchen table because you have uh, the uh, the right environment, the right heating, the right desk height and all of those things that you need you have printers you have scanners you have high-speed broadband so these um, these particular hubs are they're very attractive places to work in so we want people to take, try them out see what you think of it maybe if you're well, on holidays uh, on the west of ireland or somewhere that you you, in, know, you, may, you may have to work i want to get the day. reaction of, of, of employers representatives in relation to this we have uh, neil mcdonald who's with us he's chief executive of ISME, the representative organization for small and medium enterprises do people actually want this kind of setup Neil? 
Uh, I think a great many people do, Anton. One thing that has established itself during the pandemic is that while a great many people are very happy working from home, uh, there's also another very significant cohort of workers, especially young workers, who um, value the the social aspect of uh, working together and especially those in apartments and shared living spaces where working from home is not really a very good option. So, um, But do they not want to socialise with their colleagues as opposed to other people's colleagues? Well, to the extent that they can, of course they want to. Uh, they, they, and, you know, from an employer point of view, that also avoids um, um, a great deal of problems. As they say, a, a great many problems can be solved at the water cooler that can't be uh, resolved over Zoom. However, um, as a, as a as a good mid range solution, this for a, for a lot of employers that aren't in a position to verify that the the home working solution, especially for someone in an apartment, is a suitable place for work. This is certainly a very good compromise for both employer and employee. Why, minister, does this require the state to be involved? If there is a market for it, surely the private sector could fill the gap. Well, the, this 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 remote working actually uh, was a concept be- before COVID, uh, and then we had a, a pilot mm. scheme during COVID. I mean, you could call it that, where where so many people were able to work from home effectively. They found it was a better quality of life. Uh, so the, the we have stepped in in terms of providing uh, the facilities in, in towns and villages. We have converted the old buildings, whether it's cinemas, garden stations, old railway stations, the range of different buildings that have been converted. That's good for the centre of towns because we're increasing the footfall in the centre of towns. It means you can work locally. Uh, and but again, is, this is effectively a shared workspace. There, there are a lot of private enterprises uh, delivering shared workspaces. Why does the government need to get into the business of it? Yeah, well, we have a balance. We have both uh, private enterprise doing it and we have, uh, we have uh, the, the local authorities and uh, maybe the, the local enterprise um, uh, a committee uh, in, in different towns and, uh, or different counties uh, coming forward with the remote working spaces. There's a demand there for them. And uh, we are supporting both private and publicly owned uh, uh, um, remote working hubs through the Connected Hubs Fund. And what's your projection on the uptake? Yeah, well, we have uh, currently there are actually 3,042 registered users uh, and we have between 242 hubs. We estimate that there's about 23,000 hot desks. On an average, on any given day, we estimate there are about 12,500 people working in hubs so we have about 50% occupancy. Now, I was in Creative Spark and Dundalk uh, uh, this week where I launched this initiative and they have uh, it has a capacity of 75 uh, people. They're completely full and they're actually building an extension onto it. Uh, and you see uh, sometimes starts off with one person working at a hot desk. Maybe they're, they're just, uh, you know, working for themselves. And I've seen the cases where they've been, they've been able to increase their business and they're bringing in two and three other people. But in, in the big scheme them. of things, the numbers seem terribly low. 3,000. I mean, Neil, what's your view on that in terms of the, if you look at Ismay, how many small, medium enterprises are there if you look at total numbers employed? Uh, there's there's actually around 140,000 small businesses in the country out, outside sole traders. That's um, businesses, not people employed. That's just companies. So you can businesses. multiply that by yeah. a factor of yeah, two or three or more. It's about 70% of the Irish workforce uh, work for SMEs. So 3,000 is a drop in that ocean, isn't it? Yeah. it well, can I just explain that, please, Anton? Of course you can. Um, well, uh, we, ha- we, we launched an app. I'm talking about 3,000 registered users on the Connected Hubs app. 
right? So, uh, but there's approximately 12,500 people working in hubs, which is about 50% occupancy. And what I'm doing now is I am uh, creating an awareness around it. I'm giving people three free days so they can get a sample of what it's like and perhaps take up that option. How much does it cost? uh, well, it can cost any, anything. Uh, the average is usually between uh, 10 and 20 euros a day. And uh, it, it depends where you are. Some places are more expensive. Some places are very, very cheap. And is uh, the expectation that that be paid by the employer or that be paid by the employee? Well, that's an arrangement that people come to themselves. Some people pay it themselves. Some people, maybe employers, it suits them to have a smaller footfall uh, or a, a smaller, uh, you know, uh, offices in for, in Dublin, for example. They can reduce their, their, their footprint in Dublin and maybe take up a cheaper option. But the big, the big plus here is that you can access the talent you need. So you can, you can get it in different parts of the country, but the big plus for people, for the employers, or the employees, is the fact that they can move back to their communities, they reduce their commute, they have better quality of life, they're not spending ages in a, in a car, jammed in traffic, and uh, they're spending more time with their families. And that's the story I'm hearing as I visit people across the country in hubs. I spoke to one lady in Donegal in Stranola. It's a lovely uh, remote working hub. And uh, she had moved uh, from abroad, moved back home to our native Donegal and working for a multinational company in Stranola. Well, and those are the kind of examples let me that we... Give, put, give, give the final word on this to Neil because the, the Adrian Wechter had an interesting piece during the week talking about the broadband um, mm. activity showing that there is a significant drift back to the workplace is the market going to remain there for this style of working I, I think it's I think it will and, and just by by the way Anton we're, we're delighted at any, at any flexibility options that are available for employers like this so we absolutely welcome this uh, initiative on hubs from the Minister but, but the market will settle down after a period of time we'll know what it looks like in the future Neil MacDonald, Chief Executive of ISME and uh, Heather Humphreys, Minister for uh, Rural and Community Development and, of course, Social Protection. Thank you both very much. 53106 if you want to get in touch with the show. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.